Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. We know we had to go on the road last year, but I promise you next year we'll be at home and we're going for that three-piece. So don't get it, forget it. Don't get it twisted. We're doing it. Three times, first time in NFL history, we're doing it. That's pretty close to a guarantee from Patrick Mahomes. And as I said earlier this week, Pat Riley's going to be very happy if it's pulled off because he holds the trademark that he first registered back in the late 80s and has renewed since then and has made money when teams have won three in a row and used the term three-peat on merchandise. That's the thing that really didn't crystallize until the Chiefs won the second one. They now are in position where all they have to do, not that I'm suggesting it's easy, but all they have to do is win one Super Bowl to do the thing that no one has ever done before. And it gives them a renewed focus, a reason not to be complacent, a reason not to rest on their laurels, and a reason to address their flaws. That's what dawned on me earlier this week, Miles. They're going to be better next year. Yes. Because that guy who was just talking – at the parade before things went haywire at the rally in Kansas City, that guy is going to be even more determined than he's ever been because this is his chance to do something no one has ever done. And, and kind of like with Kyle Shanahan and his defense, like it's kind of a rough year, had to deal with a lot of crap, had to constantly worry about this, that, and the other thing. I'm going to do it this year without having to worry about it. I could see Mahomes say, I'm going to go meet with any receiver you're thinking about signing or drafting. I'm going to go throw with him. I'm going to give you all the, I'm going to fully commit myself to making sure we've addressed our flaws on the roster and we're ready to go. And we're not going to be the third seed. That was part of what he said too. They're not going on the road next year. He's not only committing to winning the Super Bowl, he's committing to be the one seed in the AFC. And I've learned. Years ago, not to doubt this guy, because he doesn't write checks he can't cash. He doesn't. 
Well, he said basically the same thing last year, you know, at the parade. He was a little bit more sauced, but he basically said, hey, we're going to go back to back. What did they do? They went back to back. You know, and I think you're right. Look, this team is going to be better next year. You know, Brett Veach has done a great job every year, basically, of addressing what was the flaw the year before in the next season, right? After they lost to the Bucks in the 2020 Super Bowl, what did they do? Well, they went out and they fixed the offensive line, right? You bring in Joe Tooney, right? You, you draft Creed Humphrey. You do all kinds of things to make sure that that offensive line is solidified. Um, this year, you know, they didn't necessarily do those kinds of things on offense, but once you see how unreliable that receiving core was, you think that they're going to go into next year and not have one to two premium new players at receiver. I think we got another thing coming, right? That's the thing that Brett Beach has done. So, you know, you talked about Mahomes going out, throwing with different guys, la, la, la. That's what he did with Rice. Last year in the pre-draft process, and Rashi Rice had a very, very, very good year when it went in terms of receivers who are rookies in an Andy Reid system. They don't usually perform to the extent that Rashi Rice did, which I thought was very interesting, you know, just over the course of the season and talking to him after the game, you know, and I was kind of like, when did you realize what the standard was? And he talked about, oh, you know, I was throwing up on the first day of training camp because it was so difficult, right? And Andy Reid does have notoriously difficult training camp practices. And he said, you know, once we got in there week one, week two, and it's like I caught a few passes. It's like, okay, I can do this. But then you see the level of work that it takes within that building, that strong, strong Chiefs culture. Uh, that's really when you understand it. So I don't know if it had to do with throwing with Mahomes before the draft ever happened or whatever, but the thought that the Chiefs are going to be the same, especially on offense next year, I I don't think so. They're they're going to do things to improve. Oh, absolutely. And you're not going to have these issues with drops. Kadarius Tony will not be a Chief. I am very no. confident of that. I haven't heard it, but I have eyes and I have ears yeah. and I have some reasonable degree of common sense to interpret what's gone on Some. since he had his latest drop week 15 against the Patriots and we never saw him again for the rest of the season. There will be players there on whom Patrick Mahomes can rely. And Sims and I were joking about this earlier in the week because of some of the stuff Tyreek Hill's been tweeting. I bet he'd like to go back. If you attached <laughs> him to a polygraph machine, I bet he'd like to go back. <laughs> and he'd take back all that stuff he said about Patrick Mahomes not being the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I bet he'd like to go back. He's had his time in Miami, and he's seen how hard it is with that team to get past the wild card round. And in the two years he's been gone, they've won two Super Bowls. I don't think they want him back, but I bet he'd like to go back. And I don't know if the Dolphins want to move on from him, but you know... If you really want it out, what's Mike McDaniel going to do? Mike McDaniel seems like an I want volunteers, not hostages guy, right? He doesn't want guys there who are going to disrupt the mood, disrupt the vibe, be Vic unhappy. Fangio. But uh, I, I, I don't – yeah, exactly. Fangio wants out, they let him go. Tyreek yeah. wants out, maybe they let him go. I don't know that he does. I just think that, I don't think that, that he's got to be thinking they're going to do something special this year, and I'd like to be part of that. I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes either if I'm Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I suppose yesterday, too, I didn't hear this, but 
Mahomes was saying, you know, nobody believed in this. I mean, come on, Patrick, Patrick, I'm kind of hurt. I'm one of your biggest fans. I believed in you wire to wire. I picked you to win the Super Bowl. I prob- I think I picked the Chiefs. Pete has all the statistics. I think I picked the Chiefs to win pretty much every week of the season. I picked them to win every playoff game. I picked them to beat the Dolphins. I picked them to beat the Bills. I picked them to beat the Ravens. And I picked them to beat the 49ers. So I guess I'm nobody. I guess we finally have proven I am nobody because nobody yeah. did believe in the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, nobody believed in the Chiefs. La, la, la. The thing he said, I, I was like, it said we couldn't win on the road. I was like, mm. I mean, it was more that they said that, you know, you hadn't won on the road and he had not in, in the playoffs, obviously. And then you went on the road and he did it. I mean, it's he hadn't won on the road because they hadn't played a game on the road. Right. So it's, you know, you, you, you did it great, you know, and nobody is going to doubt you anymore. But at least he didn't, you know, just say that you were a florist or something. That That's positive. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I and, and Pete, Pete is all over it. I picked against the Chiefs twice in 2023. Once okay. against the Bills. Oh, oh, and I was right on that oh, one, thanks that one. to Kadarius Toney. Yeah. And I picked the Chargers in the meaningless Week 18 game that the Chiefs didn't need and didn't play Patrick Mahomes in. So I only picked against Patrick Mahomes once all year against Buffalo, and I got that one right. Did they even win the Week 18 game? I don't. I think they did. They did. I think they did. Didn't the yes. Chargers miss a field goal late or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I believed in the Chiefs. Nobody believed in the Chiefs, and I indeed am nobody. Nobody in Kansas City wants to see Chris Jones leave. His contract is up. Here he is speaking yesterday at the rally uh, before the horrible thing that we talked about last hour occurred. I need three of those things, baby. We ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. Kansas City, we will be back here next year. And for those who want Chris Jones go, I ain't going nowhere, baby. I will be here this year, next year, and the year after. 3P, 3P. I want um, someone to hold on to that, me that's, the, the way that Mahomes is holding on to Chris Jones. That's 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 just beautiful. That was <laughs> that was revealing. And can we? I need a. I'm going to need a still frame of of what we just saw in a second. But there was something revealing in what he said. I'm going to be here this year, the next year, and the year after that. It tells me that maybe they're already working out a three year contract. Mm-hmm. To be that specific, I'm going to be here. <laughs> This year, next year, and the year after. And, hey, Minnesota Vikings, not that you're in the similar situation because, you know, the Chiefs now have four of the things of which you have none, but the Vikings are kind of screwing around with Kirk Cousins and waiting to see what else is out there. You want to keep Kirk Cousins? You should move. And I get the impression when Jones says, I'm going to be here this year, next year, and the year after, I'm getting the impression, my spider sense is telling me that it's just a matter of time before we find out he has a deal. And they're going to get the deal done 
before his agents can go to Indianapolis and have somebody else make their pitch, like Jim Harbaugh. I've had this weird feeling Jim Harbaugh is going to overpay Chris Jones to, number one, hurt the Chiefs, and, number two, help his new team. Smart move by the Chiefs. If you want to keep this guy, open the checkbook right now. And when he says this year, next year, and the year after, I think that that's the clue. And also, can we bring up the photo? There is a very important color on that jacket that is not part of the Chiefs' traditional color scheme. I don't think that's officially licensed because green is very important to Chris Jones, as it should be. This is his last chance to get paid. He doesn't have many years left in a body that gets banged around constantly as a defensive tackle. He ain't playing until he's 40. This is it. This is his chance to get the money he deserves. And when he said, one more time, just so we're clear, this year, next year, the year after, the clue is there. They've already made significant progress toward getting a deal done. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, look at Mahomes' pants there, man. I uh, can't hide money, right? My gosh. Between those two guys, they, they've already got a lot of it. I mean, I, I think when you can't talk about money. Chris Jones. Can't hide yeah, money. Exactly. Yeah, not trying to. Um, I wish I were at that level. Um, but when you have two guys in, in Mahomes and Jones, right, and, and a guy like Chris Jones to me, I think of Cam Hayward as Mr. Steeler. Like, to me, between Travis Kelsey and also uh, Chris Jones, like those guys are Mr. Chief to me. Like Seeing Chris Jones in another uniform just would not be right. And there is so much respect between those two sides. And, uh, you know, Andy Reid and, and Chris Jones, I'm sure most of us have seen that clip of him kind of dogpiling on uh, Chris Jones in the aftermath of the Super Bowl. Like there is just, there's got to be a world in which these two sides get something done. Andy Reid talked about it. I think it was on Tuesday that he says he believes that both sides are motivated to get something done between them. Um, and when Chris Jones alludes to a three-year contract extension, which it would be, I guess, at this point before the new league year, like that, that does make your spidey senses tingle. Also, it's kind of funny that either one of his agents, his agency, whatever, all, like tweeted like, hey, cut those mics off. So like, you know, Jones is kind of getting rid of some of the leverage um, that uh, he might have there in these negotiations. But look, when a player told me this once a long time ago, when two sides want something to happen, yeah, there you go. Cut them bartenders off. That's what it was. It's too much. Yeah. And that, that might have been the case. And we're not even talking about Travis Kelsey yet. Um, but a player told me once that, you know, if two sides are really motivated to get something done nine times out of 10, it will. And it seems like that's the case between Kansas City and Chris Jones. So whether it's before free agency, whether it's before the combine, it it seems like that's the way the wind is blowing. Yeah, it sure does. And that's good news for the Chiefs if they do want to get to three in a row. And look, that's why it's smart for them to move now. You get him on the back end of the euphoria of winning two in a row and the opportunity to be part of something that transcends how many dollars you're able to to put in the bank because he already has more than enough money than he'll need. Not that, not that he shouldn't try to get every dollar. I don't want to play into the owner's game where how much is enough? Don't you have enough money? Well, don't you have enough money, Mr. Guy with a 600-foot yacht? So, yeah, the guy who's out there putting his body on the line, jeopardizing his long-term health, that's the guy that needs to get paid everything he can. But now's the time to maybe get a little bit of a better deal relative to what he would get if he hit the open market. And it sure feels like we're moving in that direction. Here's a no-brainer. Steve Spagnuolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, 
is signed to a contract extension. He's been the coordinator since 2019. He's crafted some of the most masterful defensive game plans in Super Bowl history. He should get consideration to be a head coach. I wish Kevin Demoff from the Rams would have been banging that drum for him while jobs were open because the reality is by next year he's going to be a year older. And I do think at some level there is an ageism problem in the NFL when it comes to hiring coaches. Got to go young, got to go young, got to go young. He might be too old to get consideration to be a head coach, unfortunately. But on merit, he deserves it. And we were talking about it during the hiring cycle. Why can't Steve Spagnuolo get an interview, given what he's done? That mess with the Rams was not his fault. It was a dysfunctional organization. But that's what's holding him back. That, and if not now, by next year, age will hold him back as well. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where if I'm a team owner, there's there are things that I would look for in a potential head coach. And you're like, well, isn't Spags most of those things, right? You know, very, very successful coordinator, successful leader of men. No, it's not just defensive guys that were wearing the in spags. We trust shirts. It's offensive guys. Um, so yes, there is certain reason, certainly reason to, for him to get that kind of consideration. It is interesting though, Mike, I mean, you don't see a lot of coaches from Kansas city, despite how successful that team has been over the last, however many years, you don't get a lot of coaches going on and being head coaches, right? I mean, you had Doug Peterson, obviously Matt Nagy also was one of them. Um, but other than that, you know, Ryan Poles left the organization uh, to go be a GM. You just, for whatever reason, they've retained a lot of that coaching talent um, and front office talent there in Kansas City. So I guess that's just wise part of why they keep winning. They, they have everybody that they need and they kind of keep them. So that's interesting to me. Continuity is critical. And usually the issue of continuity comes up from the standpoint of whether or not you're going to fire guys. You're able to keep your guys there who otherwise would be in position to go. And look, it was Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, and then Eric Bieniemy couldn't get any serious consideration to be a head coach somewhere else when his window was open to the point where Mike Kafka, who was in position to be the next offensive coordinator, had to go somewhere else to be a coordinator. He wasn't able to go through the pipeline. And Matt Nagy is kind of blocking that pipeline now because he hasn't done enough in his time back with the Chiefs so far to get consideration to be a head coach, but you're going to have continuity in that coaching staff, and you could have Eric Bannemi back as like an assistant head coach for next year to make it even better. So the good news for the Chiefs, nobody gives Steve Spagnuolo serious consideration to be a head coach. He'll be 65 on December 21. I hope that he gets fair consideration, but again, we see it all the time. They go younger, they go younger, they go younger for the most part. And uh, age discrimination, it's been something I've heard about for years in the NFL, whether it's scouts, whether it's coaches, whatever. Nobody's ever sued them for it, but it sure feels like, just like the Brian Flores lawsuit, if somebody wanted to do it, there'd be enough there to put it together because the statistics seem questionable, and that could keep Steve Spagnuolo still in Kansas City beyond the 2024 season. Let's go ahead and take a break. We're going to talk about Travis Kelsey... And his candid apology, as elicited from him by his big brother, Jason, for the thing that he did during the Super Bowl, Kelsey said the right thing in the New Heights podcast. We're going to break that down next here on PFT Live. 
Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. This happened during a frustrating first half in Super Bowl 58 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey aggressively approaching, bumping into Coach Andy Reid, almost knocking him onto the ground. Kelsey would later calm down, and he would have a much more effective second half than he had in the first half with only one catch for one yard. Here he is with his big brother Jason from the New Heights podcast discussing that moment that resonated from Super Bowl 58. You cross the line. I think we can I, both agree I, I, on that. I can't, I, can't, I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. When he when he stumbled, I was just like, oh, in my head. I or even, like, I mean, even, it. I mean, let's be honest, the, the yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this retrospectively. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm a passionate guy. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I love to play for him, how much I love to be, you know, a product of his coaching career i'm not playing for anybody else but big red if he calls it quits this year i'm, I'm out there with him man he ain't calling it quits come on up he's not it's, uh, it's definitely unacceptable and i uh I, I immediately wish i took it back coach reed actually came right up to me after that and didn't didn't even have harsh words for me i was ready to get a ass chewing and for him to just tell me to be better and he just let him know hey man i love your passion I got cameras on me all over the place, man. You know, this is that. Yeah. Uh, you don't want He's things to come you know off. Not, not to be like that. Yes, yeah. for sure. And, man, it just made me, just fired me up even more to go out there and get a victory for him, man. Because that's how much I love that dude. Look, Travis Kelsey said what he needed to say. What he did do was unacceptable. It did cross the line. And we can't give him a pass because he's a cool guy and he was on SNL and he's dating Taylor Swift and he's going to be in movies and everybody seems to like him except the people who hate him. But, but, and I'm not saying I do, I'm just saying, you know, Mr. Pfizer and all that derision out there that has been directed at him by others uh, who are in the NFL. But um, I digress. The point is, we can't give one guy a pass. You can't have two sets of rules. And no one else on that team would have gotten away with doing what Travis Kelsey did. But the way Andy Reid handled it was brilliant. What are you going to do? You're going to bench him for the rest of the game because he bumped you in a, in a moment of, of intense emotion? And you're going to blow your shot at winning the Super Bowl because you've got to teach him a lesson? 
like Bill Belichick, for whatever reason, had to teach Malcolm Butler a lesson for Super Bowl 52 and squandered a Super Bowl win, potentially, by not having him on the field during the game. There's a point where you got to swallow your pride, you got to ignore your rules, and you got to do what's right for the team, and you'll deal with whatever it was that crossed the line later. That's one of the reasons why they, they got the Super Bowl win. That's one of the reasons, because Andy Reid didn't freak out and overreact when Travis Kelsey crossed the line. You know, I mean, you say we can't give him a pass, and I don't necessarily want to give him a pass, but Andy Reid gave him the pass, right? I mean, this is what happened. We was questioned about that incident after the Super Bowl. He basically said, hey, I, I love Travis's passion. The only thing that made it look bad was he just caught me off balance. Right. And, and, you know, Andy Reid will give it back to Travis Kelsey, which is what Travis Kelsey was alluding to there when he says, you know, I was expecting to get an ass chewing and then he didn't. But I think that is part of the brilliance of Andy Reid is that he turned that around and he used it um, in a way that would fuel Travis Kelsey even more. He knows the right buttons to push with which guys. But the other part of this, Mike, is that production equals tolerance. Right. You know, you have one of your best players on the team that is fired up, right? And that is trying to be as best as he can for the team. And that's the passion that he brings and da, da, da. But, you know, you can't do those things. But at the same time, what are you going to do? You're, you're going to say, oh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes' most reliable weapon. We're, we're going to teach him a lesson. Like, the hell are you going to do that for? No, you're not going to do that. And that's... You know, where if it were Kadarius Tony, which not that he was playing, but it, it, right, like if Kadarius Tony gets fired up like that back when he was playing, then like Kadarius Tony's ass would have been on the bench. Travis Kelsey, it's a little bit different. And obviously, whatever happened there, it worked because the rest of the game, you know, eight catches, 92 yards in the second half and overtime. Like that is the kind of production you expect from a Travis Kelsey. And he, he did it. First of all, if Kadarius Tony had bumped into Andy Reid like that, Tony would have bounced off and landed on the ground, I think. And secondly, it reminded me of what Jimmy Johnson used to say when he coached the Cowboys. There was a guy who fell asleep in a meeting, and Johnson cut him, and he was asked, well, what if Troy Aikman fell asleep in the meeting? Johnson said, I'd get him a pillow. There, there are different <laughs> exactly. rules for different players yes. on every team, and the players get it. They know who gets special consideration it still doesn't send a strong message to the locker room at large but it was very wise of Andy Reid to not overreact to not even react to just ignore it process it and move on because he didn't want to let it get in the way of the bigger prize which was having Travis Kelsey properly motivated and available to help you win a Super Bowl and that's one of the reasons why the Chiefs pulled it off all right we're gonna we're gonna take a break Bears CEO Kevin Warren spoke recently on quarterback Justin Fields at a time when we're looking for any clues we can as to what the Bears might do with the number one overall pick, what they might do with Justin Fields. Did Warren give us some fodder for clarity on the future of Justin Fields and the Bears quarterback position? We'll discuss that next year on PFT Live. I come to the table. I'm a um, supporter of Justin, you know, because I got a chance to work with him when I was commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. He is incredibly talented. Uh, he is smart. Uh, he works hard. 
and uh, he wants to be a great NFL football player. Um, and, and so now he just needs to make sure that he has the support around him. He's working hard. And then I would love to see him, you know, this offseason, make sure he's totally healthy going into the season next year. I just think every year he's going to continually get better. Um, and um, so I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears. Kevin Warren, president and CEO of the Chicago Bears, in an interview with WGN News. At face value, it means Justin Fields is staying. Some of us would say they're just trying to drive up the trade value for Justin Fields by creating the impression that they'll just keep him. You want him, we're not giving him away. We'll just keep him. So, complicated situation. Do they continue to let Fields work toward his ceiling, whatever it may be, or do they swap him out and use the first overall pick on a guy like Caleb Williams, where you just don't know what he's going to be. He's the fully and completely unscratched lottery ticket that could become the first franchise quarterback the team has had since Sid Luckman or not. Tough call for the Bears. And again, no real clarity from what Kevin Warren had to say. But it was, it was, again, on the surface, an endorsement of Justin Fields. It was an endorsement of Justin Fields as a quarterback, but it, it wasn't an endorsement of Justin Fields being the Bears quarterback. And I, I, I'm a supporter of Justin Fields. It's not to me mean like this guy is going to be the quarterback for the next however many years. And, you know, Mike, I, I, frankly, I don't think it's that difficult a decision. You trade Justin Fields and you restart your quarterback clock with Caleb Williams. Unless, unless your research says that this guy ain't it, right? And that, you know, whoever else that's in the first round mix, you know, Drake May or Daniels, whoever, right? Like if, if any one of those guys just ain't it for you, then fine. But I mean, I, I don't see why you would not trade Justin Fields. I, I don't. And, and I mean, I know that not everybody thinks that way, but I just, you, you restart your quarterback clock. That's the thing that makes the most sense to me in terms of building a contender. That is one issue to consider because Justin Fields is now eligible for a second contract. He's got one more year on his base rookie deal. You have to decide what to do with the fifth-year option. Although the fifth-year option, it's a different formula now, but for example, the Tuatonga-Vailoa fifth-year option is only like 23, 24, 25 million, something like that, which is not a ridiculous price given where the market currently is. But you get Caleb Williams or whoever with the first overall pick locked in at a very decent salary relative to what veteran quarterbacks at a high level make and you have it for at least three years there is something to be said for that but when you think about what you could do with all those picks you could get if you trade out of that spot that's got to be tempting because it's more opportunities to get players who will become part of the nucleus of your team moving forward so we'll see what they do and i i my concern about justin fields is that we really don't know how good he can be. And a point I've made in the past that I think teams need to be sensitive to and they're not, Trey Lance. There's already pressure by making him the third overall pick. You add to it by giving up all that other stuff to get him. It puts more pressure on the kid to justify the investment. Bryce Young, all the stuff the Panthers gave up to move from 9-1 to one with the Bears, including dibs on the first overall pick this year. More pressure on the player. If you move on from Justin Fields, 
And look, you can say, hey, if you can't handle the pressure, you're never going to win Super Bowls. But regardless, it's extra pressure on Caleb Williams or whoever they draft to be as good, if not better, than Justin Fields. And there's going to be apples-to-apples comparisons. They could have kept Fields, and look at what Fields is doing with insert name of team where he ends up versus what Caleb Williams is doing. Just like the Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud comparisons from last year. It just adds to the pressure and the stress. It's, it's, it's different just being the first overall pick. This is first overall pick with a twist. And the twist is you're going to be relentlessly compared to Justin Fields. That's one of the things I hope the Bears at least consider. It's, but the inverse is true as well. I mean, if you trade that pick and somebody picks Caleb Williams and Justin Fields does not get to an elite level, then it's going to be, you could have had Caleb Williams. You had the number one overall pick. Why didn't you do that? So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I understand what it is that you're saying there, but Caleb Williams is already going to be the number one overall pick most likely, right? This is somebody who has been dealing with a lot of different pressure, whether it was at Oklahoma where he started excelling and then follows Lincoln Riley out here to Southern California and USC you know, and then wins the Heisman. Right. So and that's not the same as NFL pressure. I understand that. And, you know, you could argue that in some ways he didn't necessarily handle the pressure all that well this year, um, this last year in 2023. But also a lot of that had to do with USC's bad defense. So, I mean, I just, I, I, I get it. And that's why I'm saying, like, you have to do your research on the makeup of the player because it's not just about what he can do physically, and it's not just about what the fit is with the offense. It's also who they are as a person, and are they capable of leading a franchise? That's the research that the Bears have to be able to do, and they have to come to a conclusion on it. And if they say that that guy's not it, then okay, fine. But if they come to the conclusion that he is, then he's going to be able to handle whatever it is that he's going to be compared to Justin Fields because those two guys are going to be compared no matter what. And so is Drake May, for that matter. The reality is that drafting a quarterback with the first overall pick in the draft is hardly a guarantee that you will be hoisting a Lombardi trophy. I'm looking back at the quarterbacks previously taken number one overall. Most recently, Bryce Young. We talked about that. Trevor Lawrence, two years before that. Who knows where the Jaguars currently are? Joe Burrow, pretty good when he's healthy. Pretty damn good. Almost had a Super Bowl win. And uh, a guy that has proven... He's one of the few that can contend with Patrick Mahomes. Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Andrew Luck, who was on track for a good career before he retired, Cam Newton, Sam Bradford, Matthew Stafford, Jim Marcus Russell, Alex Smith, Eli Manning, who won a couple of Super Bowls, David Carr, next question, Michael Vick, Tim Couch, next question, Peyton Manning, who ultimately won one Super Bowl with the Colts before getting a second one with the Broncos, before that, Drew Bledsoe, Troy Aikman, Vinny Testaverde, John Elway. He did all right for the Broncos after he didn't want to go to the Colts. And then, you know what? Before John Elway, the only quarterback taken first overall was eight years earlier with Steve Bartkowski. It just shows you how the game has changed. Mm-hmm. Now it's pass, 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 quarterback driven. The idea that the NFL went eight years, and that was the first time I was ever aware of the draft. I saw the name Steve Bartkowski, the number one overall pick in the draft, the Atlanta Falcons. 
first client of Lee Steinberg in 1975. What a big deal that was. Eight years went by before a quarterback was the number one overall pick. So bottom line is it doesn't mean you're going to go back to back to back in Super Bowls. It doesn't even mean you're going to win one. It doesn't mean you're even going to get to one. Tenth overall pick from 2017, doing pretty well as one of the best ever. Pick 199, we all know about him. And then you got pick 256 or whatever Brock Purdy was floating around out there. 262, I think it was, who, uh, you know, has the potential to be pretty good. So let's not get so caught up in what that first overall pick means. Because even if it is a generational guy, we've looked back at the past two or three generations. It's not like there's a bunch of quarterbacks that went number one that have transformed their teams. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return... A fun draft for today, not to be confused with the other drafts we do. How the 2023 season will be remembered. That's next here on PFT Live. This is Art But Make It Sports. Willie Gay celebrating and the artwork known as Sleep. So, yeah, there was something like that with the way that Patrick Mahomes was laying on the turf after the Super Bowl win. There was something similar to that. Okay, so we know the season will be remembered for the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Let's get more specific. Other things that the 2023 season will be remembered for, Miles, you're up. I would say C.J. Stroud bursting onto the scene because who thought that C.J. Stroud would look like this as a rookie quarterback? Who thought that he would be able to elevate the Texans to what they became as a quarterback, winning a division title in his first season along with D'Amico Ryans? I mean, this is somebody who I feel like we've already got to consider him at least a top 10 quarterback, if not better than that. And now we've just got the AFC with so many good young quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are just entering their prime, and he's going to be one of them. And I think he's going to make the Texans competitive for years and years to come. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think it's even broader than that because the Texans made the playoffs at a time when nobody expected the Texans to make the playoffs. And D'Amico Ryan should have been the coach of the year, frankly, not Kevin Stefanski, uh, even though the official PFT award also gave coach of the year to Kevin Stefanski because I was overruled in the voting process. But that's fine. That will be fine. Uh Um, Ding dong, the witch is dead in D.C. Daniel Snyder out after a 24-year reign of terror over that franchise. That was something that we didn't think was going to happen until it happened, and then it happened. And now who knows what the commanders are going to be. But to have him out was something that created a huge sigh of relief for all commanders fans and really all fans of the NFL. Having Snyder on that team was a dark cloud perpetually over the entire NFL. It tarnished the shield and it was very wise for him to move on and for the owners to finally make it clear to him, you've got to go. And that is something that will resonate well into the future because Snyder still would have had that team for another 20, 25 years. Who knows? He's gone now, and the NFL is a better place for it. So I will go to another owner for my next pick, and that's David Tepper. And David Tepper throwing a drink, right? That was kind of 
the um, the culmination of all the bad things that were going on with the Carolina Panthers franchise, along with David Tepper screaming an expletive outside the locker room within earshot of the media and then firing Frank Reich the next day and then also mispronouncing Reich. Frank Reich's name. Frank Reich. Yeah. Get yeah, it right, exactly. Frank Reich. Yeah, as, as if we've never heard of Frank Reich before, as if he didn't have one of the best playoff comebacks in the history of the NFL. I mean, yeah, they chose Bryce Young. They did not surround him with talent. We don't know exactly what Bryce Young will become. You can't just judge a quarterback after that first year. But, you know, man, it looked very, very dire with the Panthers this year. And we will see what Dave Canales can do um, as a head coach there. But, man, I mean... If David Tepper throwing a drink doesn't surmise everything that happened with the Panthers this year, I don't know what is. Great pick by you. Next one for me, the entire New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers hype train that came crashing to a halt after four plays of the regular season opener. That was a moment that will be seared into the memory of all football fans. We settled in for the last game of week one. There was all of this just great feeling and the jet i was i had come around on aaron Rodgers temporarily and then the 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 injury happens and i don't want to say it was a freak injury torn achilles tendons happen to guys in their late 30s who are engaged in strenuous at strenuous athletic activity and uh then the jets became what the jets were and now they're going to try to run it back not that they ran it very much the first time around but that whole Jets thing, how it was the hard knocks focal point and everyone was thinking the Jets were going to turn it around. And ultimately, they got four plays out of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that was pretty unforgettable, man. That was also on my list. Just everything that happened with the Jets after that was directly a consequence of Aaron Rodgers only playing four snaps. And then he didn't let us uh, forget about anything that he had to say. Before you make a pick, we're going to take a break and we'll do round three when we wrap up PFT Live right after this. All right, those are our picks so far in this very broad 2023 season. We'll be remembered for blank draft. Miles, what else do you have? the bills still can't get it done when it counts because the bills just keep running into this buzzsaw a that's the kansas city chiefs and b is kind of the cincinnati Bengals, but they didn't play the Bengals in the playoffs this year so just go with me right i mean it was so interesting to me how buffalo was so excited oh man we finally get these dudes here at our house there was a lot of stuff that was going on extracurricularly in buffalo and then they still lost to the chiefs man that's just who patrick mahomes josh is. allen and for whatever reason the bills can't get that that thing done josh allen told us last week the same thing rasul douglas told me after one of their late season wins the turning point was the hit piece and it was from tyler dunn and when McDermott, Sean McDermott, spoke to the team after that, that's what turned it around. Last one for me, Bill Belichick, out and unwanted. The Patriots collapse. He's gone. We all assume he's going to land on his feet somewhere, and he doesn't. Who would have expected that from the greatest coach of all time? Although we kind of saw it coming. Maybe that's why it wasn't higher on the list. We kind of saw it coming, Miles, and it came. I saw it coming. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but he's not been a good head coach for years now. Mm. That's it for today. Thanks for some of your time. As always, we'll have full coverage throughout the day 
on PFT. See you tomorrow morning. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.